You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. I'm Fernando. I'm Jamie. This is the Opposite Taste Podcast. Two Gen Xers who can't be more different sample odd snacks and discuss or argue about pop culture. Of course, we've got our snack review coming up uh, later in the episode. But first, we're going to talk about some cartoons. Cartoons, not just any cartoons. Tell them uh, what kind of cartoons, Jamie. Uh, Basically, we're going to try to stick with the cartoons of our youth. Which would be the 70s, the 80s, and the... 90s, a little bit of the 90s. <laughs> so much enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get to, we have some special tributes we're going to get to at the top of this thing, but I just want to preface it just a little bit. In the 70s, 80s, and 90s, there are pretty much two windows to watch cartoons. It's not like today, mm, right, where you yeah. can just watch them all the time. Yeah. There's like the weekday afternoons... Right after school, you yes. have like a your window's like an hour, hour and a half maybe. Mm-hmm. Saturday mornings about three to four hours. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, it'd be like was it like six or seven in the morning, right? And then you'd be watching it until I don't know maybe, golf maybe comes about on. 10, 10-ish. Yeah. 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 Um, also, I don't know how many kids like would wake up that early, but I think there were some channels that had stuff in the morning before you go to school. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I think so. USA Network, I think they had some some early morning cartoons. Um, in my childhood, there was no USA Network. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking what about. What are these networks you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> was that other than Channel 2, 4? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my deal was it went up to 18. <laughs> mm. 13 was my, was my max. <laughs> so basically, uh, the cartoons that we're going to be addressing uh, today is about basically in the age of the the Saturday morning cartoons, if we could call this an age or an era, mm-hmm. you know. And I th- again, it's just ironic because uh, in my household, Saturday mornings are probably the only time that my daughters aren't watching cartoons. That's like the one time <laughs> where they're just playing and just hanging out, eating maybe, but, uh. you know, like they're not glued to the TV like we were on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, they're glued to the TV any other time. Weird. And they can put it up, pull it up whenever they want. That is weird. So it makes us makes you think, like maybe when we were little, like say if we had like cartoons on all the time, would we spend our Saturdays any different? Would we go outside and just play instead? Probably. Probably, right? Probably. It's, we're it's just conditioned about, by programming. Uh, it's all about priorities, I guess. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of like sex in a way. <laughs> And I'll just stop right there. Yeah. I'm married. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Me neither. <Yeah. laughs> I just thought I'd say the word. Just for hits, audio hits, <laughs> pings, as they say. Wait, we, we forgot to um, talk about our sponsor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who is our sponsor, Jamie? Today, today's episode is sponsored by? Beer Breath. Beer Breath. Because <laughs> Beer Breath. What's their slogan? Uh, beer Breath. Um, Helping cops 
let you know, <laughs> letting them know when you've had a few. Or I don't know, what would be the, the tagline? Um, well, beer breath, uh, I, I've, come, I've come to know that uh, fairly recently. Uh, because when I was um, when I was in playing in my pool league, okay, I used to play pool. Um, my teammates would, you know, take the opportunity to throw down a couple, or, right. or five or six or eight yeah. of PBRs. Paps blue ribbon. Paps blue ribbons. And so they would come come to me, and you know whatever they wanted to say, they would blast their breath into my face, <laughs> and I didn't really know like. You know, at first, like, what is that Love's Bakery smell? Love's Bakery? You know, <laughs> and then why is it only when you come near me? <laughs> a sweet, yeasty yeah, scent. Yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of pleasant in a way. Depends on is, the beer, I think, but oh, you it? said PVR, so yeah. you've made yourself clear. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if, if they're drinking other kind of beer, if it would smell differently. I guess it I would. I think so, it would, yeah. Interesting. But... Um, I find it ironic because beer is sort of the lowest of the on the sophistication um, table as, as far as uh, alcohol. Would you, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, you can. There's beer snobs out there, you know, and you can. I mean, yeah. Uh, it, there's like beer sommeliers. But when you just compare just beer as a general genre, and I then, guess and yeah. Then you have uh, cocktails. True. You have wine. True. Yeah. But there's people that drink wine and do all the cocktail stuff and they have no idea what they're doing or what they're drinking. Yes, I'm just talking about I know I know what you're trying to say. I know what you're trying to say, but So the iron irony yes. uh, is that it's kind of low it's kind of a low alcohol. Um, but yet it uh, well at least someone who drinks PBR, um, <laughs> their breath turns out smelling not so bad. Yeah. You know, I okay. mean, you know, in TV and movies, you, you always see like people blasting um, someone else with their breath, whatever they're be they've been drinking. Right. And then they're like, oh my God, you know. But then, you know, this pleasant bread smells like, hmm. So there you have it. When you run into Jamie in a bar, you can get nice and close and just breathe on her and uh, she'll welcome the scent. Um, I think I've only, I've only no. run into you in a bar once and it was at that bar and I was <laughs> drinking. Oh, but you didn't get I didn't get close. too close, no. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Beer Breath. Okay. Thank you, Beer, Beer Breath. Beer Breath. Beer Breath. Beer Breath. Uh, <laughs> let's do our tribute. So, okay. again, in lining with this, uh, this age and era of Saturday morning cartoons, in the afternoons, which was the other window that we're talking about, that's where uh, some kids' television shows reigned supreme, and there were uh, two in Hawaii that were kind of big for us in the 70s. Uh, and we'll talk about the legacy that went into the 80s for these. So uh, for all of our friends in Canada and everyone else that's listening, uh, this, this next portion, this next quick segment here is gonna be very Hawaii specific. So just uh, enjoy the ride. So here we go. Uh, the first tribute, Jamie, take it away. Okay, so um, we have to uh, give, our, give props to Checkers and Pogo. Checkers and Pogo, that was basically what it was called. It's a um, children's show in the afternoons. Um, and it ran for like, I want to say like 20 years or something like that. So Checkers um, was the main guy, Pogo was the sidekick. Um, right? Checkers was sort of, if you want to say, the, um, the straight man. Okay. And Pogo was the goof. Because the wild card? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know, like, if you can say one one was higher than the other. Right. Yeah. Uh, several actors played uh, checkers, right? I believe Pogo Three. was just one guy, right, the whole time. Three different actors uh-huh. played uh, checkers, uh, and actually, I think um, one of those actors he lived fairly near to me in the same city, the same town of Kauai Kai. Is that Dave Donnelly? That's the one that I. That's the only one that I've met. I don't know. Which, whatever, whichever one drove the checkers car. Okay. I don't know if all of them did. <laughs> it was that, a sort That's of part a, of the deal when you sign on to play checkers. And know. here's the keys. Oh, man. It was a very long, um, I think it was convertible also. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it was all checkered, like black and white checkered. That's kind of cool. It would be good for guys in ska bands. You and know? I think he went to the Mormon church in Hawaii Kai. So, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning, we would see him on the road. I believe I waved to him a couple times, and he doesn't really wave. No. I don't know. You know, if you're driving the car, you kind of have to be in the mode. It's like you're driving any company car. I, I kind of have a feeling that when he's not in checkers mode, he's not. Well, if you're not in checkers mode, you should be driving the checker mobile. That is true. But what if that's your only car? <laughs> that's true. But if I'm driving the wiener mobile to, to work, yeah, you I must be, be waving. In the, in the and, yeah. 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 Well, I agree, but there you have it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um... So the, the program um, had many different things. So you could have, there was a studio audience of kids right. at each, in each episode. Um, and then some of them would, would get the Mary on birthday treatment where they would, um, they would put a birthday hat on them and then uh, they would um, turn a, turn a um, birthday, you know those cone birthday hats? Yeah, yeah. So they would turn it upside down, fill it with pennies, and then they would say, okay, little girl or boy, um, with your tiny, tiny hands, um, you can, if you, I, I don't know how many grabfuls you get. Okay. But um, however many grabfuls you can get, you can keep those pennies. So that's your, like, oh. one birthday present. Wow. They also have had donut eating contests. You know, like how they hang yeah. the donuts from a, a line. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you gotta um, grab them, uh, eat them from below. Powdered donuts, then, right? Powdered donuts, yeah. yes. Um, they also had uh, little little segments, like video segments that they produced. Like, so there was one called On the Go, and they would go like to the medical dairy, dairy, um, the milk processing plant. Okay. Um, see the lava tubes in the Big Island. And then there was one, I, I don't know if it was on the go or just something else, but it was like quite famous okay. for many, many years because um, the camera crew went to the Honolulu Zoo and they took some footage of various animals. And then the big thing was the, um, there was a baby hippo, baby hippopotamus. With the mama. With the mama. Okay. And so um, they were trying to get a really good shot, and then the cameraman got permission to go into the enclosure and set up his camera and his tripod. Because he wasn't getting a good <laughs> shot otherwise, right? Was, yeah. The, the mama was kind of blocking it. Yeah, the mama was blocking the yeah. shot. Um, and so he did that and then got closer and closer, and then finally the mama just got pissed off because, you know, she's protecting her little baby, you know. 
Right. Yeah. They were trying to get the mom to move, so they they threw in some food and other stuff. Oh, they right? sprayed her with water too. Or, yeah, which, so. which is really not nice. No. So finally, the mama she charges the camera, and so you can see like the just the whole footage like like she she's charging right at the camera. The camera falls, and then there's all this this jumble jumble, right. and then um, uh, what so happens was the cameraman um, fled. He, he like he, cleared like a six foot fence yeah. or something. But when he came down, he actually um, broke his arm. Wow. So that was kind of a, a famous sort of incident. Um, so you can you can find it in YouTube if, if you want, uh, but it's in like a bigger clip. So you right. have to like find well, it. Well, with YouTube, you can kind of narrow down the exact uh, second. Yeah. Right, so we'll go ahead and leave uh, that in our on our Facebook page, Opposite Tastes Podcast, in case uh, you want to check that out. Yeah. And you really should, because uh, you don't see people getting charged by hippos much. <laughs> also, you get a little sneak peek of what the Honolulu Zoo used to look like back when it had animals. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not that different now. I, yeah, kind well, of. See, back, well, see, depends is, on what you're watching. Back then, it was pre-African savannah, and mm -hmm. so, Nowadays, like it's hard to see if there are animals there. They're all hiding in the brush because they try to make it look supernatural. Yeah, so it's not easy. Yeah, so ba back then, it, uh, back in that Checkers and Pogo's days, it was all concrete pens pretty much mm -hmm. with just rock molding to mm -hmm. make it look sort of natural. Yeah, but, sort of sandy. I mean, yeah, so the, the animals were miserable, but as a zoo goer, like you're going to see all the animals. There's yeah, nowhere no, for them to go. You're going to see a bear. You're going to see that, yeah. Uh, oh, and then the, the the last and maybe the main part of the Chickers and Pogo is that they had little, um, they had various cartoons that they show throughout the, the show. Right, right. Yeah, and so um, that's sort of the other main way I got exposed to different cartoons. If people could compare it to uh, on the mainland, like or what type of national shows were similar to that? Um, there Captain was one Kangaroo? I never watched it. No. Oh, Howdy Doody? I never watched that either. <laughs> Did you? No, but I know of them. <laughs> well, I was doing, when I was doing my research, um, uh, there was one that I, I saw a little bit of, and oh. it's called the Banana Splits Adventure Hour, I okay, think. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, but that was like from 68 to 70. So right. pretty early. So they set that genre in motion. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that, it was a national, I think. I think it was national. Uh-huh. It wasn't local, so um, similar, similar format. Okay, so uh, if you notice, Jamie kind of took the reins on that one because Checkers and Pogo is a little before my time, so that was in the 70s, and I was around in the 70s. I was just too busy pooping diapers. Uh, so in the 80s, there was a spin-off character from Checkers and Pogo by the name was Professor Fun, um, and he was played by Mr. Fred Ball. And he appeared regularly on the Checkers and Pogo program, and then went on to host Hawaii's first interactive TV game show called Keiki TV Pow. Again, this is in the late 70s to early 80s, and it integrated video games. Um, and basically, that the way that would happen is he would call a kid at home, and uh, he would tell the kid, "Okay, say pow." All you gotta say is pow, and whenever they say pow, 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 yeah. and then it would show like Space Invaders type of game. I guess they would match up the sound. Right. And then whatever. The pows with the. Yeah, with a, um, 
fire, you know. Right. Cannon to, fire. Whatever. Yeah, to blow up that spaceship mm -hmm. and to reward them, they would get uh, Fun Factory tokens, which is our arcade, our main arcade here in the islands. And so that was a big prize for them. Um, and like I said, breakdancing. And that, so that kind of incorporates into my personal memory. Because actually I had to go back and research a bunch from the show. Because I used to watch it, but for the life of me, I have no idea what the hell I was watching. But I do remember the live shows. Because I lived in Waianae back when I used to watch this show. And they would do all these live shows out at Waianae Mall. Oh. And so Professor Fun would be there. Then he has a like a breakdance crew come out oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. It was so crazy. I mean, back then there wasn't much going on, so like everyone went. Uh -huh. And I remember just uh -huh. like there were teens just like you know creating this huge crowd, so it would be impossible to watch over. You know, unless you get on somebody's shoulders, okay. it was nuts. And then come to find out, years and years later, like one of our coworkers was one of those dancers. Oh yeah, my friend Lonnie. Yeah. So it's so cool. I was like, just to, just to make that connection, because mm -hmm. who knew? Um, so yeah, you know, that was a really fun show. Um, and then, you know, later on, uh, there were rumors about uh, his sexual orientation, because people were saying he's gay and stuff. And, you know, of course, nothing wrong with that. But I think just some of the guys... I don't believe it, you brought that up. No, I mean, it's, it's a valid point, because I think a lot of guys were just shocked because... I think a lot of these rumors or, you know, stories started to come out in the 90s where uh -huh. a lot of guys like me who grew up watching him and then, mm. you know, now you're an adult and you're at a pool or something and, and you're like, Professor Fun rolls up on you and hits on you. It's kind of weird, right? Mm. So, mm. But, um, but again, I mean, he's entitled to his own personal life, you know, that's, that's, all, mm. that's all good. I did see him again years and years later um, at one of the Hawaii Collectors shows. Oh. I think he was doing signings along with Checkers and Pogo. Wow. He was there too. Um, but actually, Fred Ball passed away last year, in 2017. Mm -hmm. But Stephanie Lum, she did this great interview with him for KHNL, which might have been his last on-screen appearance. But back then, he was, he was still doing, um, I, I don't know what, what year that was, but he was still doing balloon animals, magician kind of stuff. So, uh, you know what, we'll go ahead and post a link to that, too. If you want to head on over to our Facebook page, we will supply that for you, or also uh, in our show notes. So that, that does it for our tributes. Now to actually dive into the cartoons themselves. Um, so back onto the national front. We're all, whoa, crazy cars. Usually cars aren't that loud. <laughs> it's not street legal. Um, so let's take these decade, decade by decade. So 70s, 80s, 90s. So first let's just kind of go over the 70s. And Jamie, feel free to go ahead and add whatever you want. Now, as far as the 70s, I was trying to think about, like, how can we describe, in case some of our listeners mm. weren't around and they want to kind of get a feel for what the animation was like in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say it looked a bit gritty compared to, like, what we see now. Dark, dark colors. I mean, it was still colorful, but they weren't as loud. It was, like, more muted tones. Right. Um, you'd see more burgundies and, and purples, you know, uh -huh. that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. um, and and I, I would say mo most of the characters look like, looked more like stuffed animals than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were they looked soft. Okay. They, look, they looked kind of lovable. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, I would say the '70s were also 
the time of the mystery solving teams. You know, like Scooby-Doo, uh, the Funky Phantom, Speed Buggy, Josie and the Pussycats. Well, they had to have, have a plot of some kind, right? I mean, so, I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, we're talking just cartoons, like, you know, like Bugs Bunny or, you know, whatever. Like, it wasn't all about solving mysteries, but True. in the 70s, like, oh my gosh, like, we need a new cartoon. Well, obviously, they're gonna, they're a team and they need to solve mysteries. Yeah. Uh, this one's a talking car. Uh, this one's gonna be Jabberjaw, he's a talking shark. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like all these, each one is, is basically like Scooby-Doo, but you're just switching out the dog and putting something in there, a talking car, a shark, whatever. Right. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. So that's all I can say pretty much for the 70s. I think it was also the, the era of, I mean, I don't know if maybe they, it kind of bled into the 80s and maybe even 90s, but um, whatever was popular at the time got its own cartoon. See, I think that... Was, I don't know, maybe you're probably right on that, but for me, I didn't really notice that correlation until the 80s. For me, the 80s cartoons was pretty much, um, that was almost like long commercials, some of these 80s cartoons. Like the toy came first, and then came the cartoon. Mm. You know what I mean? Because so like, in the 70s, I don't think like, oh my gosh, we're going to sell all these Scooby-Doo toys. Let's make a cartoon. Yeah. I don't think it went that way, right? But the 80s, like... Okay, we have these G.I. Joe action figures. Well, let's oh, okay, make a yeah. Cartoon. You know what I, I mean? So, yeah, I so I think, that, yeah. I think the, the animation in the 80s was more product-driven. I think in the 70s, there are probably products mm. that came from cartoons, but 80s was product first. Well, I'm actually not talking about products. I'm talking about people and groups. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know, like, I, I remember the Osmonds had their own cartoon. Oh, I see, and I, I believe, see. And I believe the, the Jacksons did also. You know, okay. so whoever, whoever, like, musical artists and, um, I don't know, stuff like that. Right, they got, right. They got something like that. Okay, I can see that. In fact, even in Scooby-Doo, they did that with a lot of guest stars, yes. like Sonny and Cher. Yes. Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. So it was almost like uh, doing the talk show circuit. It like, is. It oh, is. Oh, we got to do, uh, yeah, we got to do it. Good morning, America. And then, yeah, they have got to do that Scooby-Doo thing. Got to voice that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, like, if say a sitcom did well, and it sort of lent itself to a cartoon, it would become a cartoon. So I think, like, I, I saw that there was like Gilligan's Island cartoons. Ah, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. 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 That's true. You're right. You're right on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so moving on to the '80s, then. Uh, best decade of animation ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. Um, back to what I said about, uh, you know, it was, a lot of it was uh, came after products, you know, uh, mm -hmm. G.I. Joe, uh, He-Man. Um, definitely brighter, smoother looking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, More realistic, I would say. Such uh, like what? Like He-Man. <laughs> okay, okay. No, but what about Thundar? I would say Thundar was the predecessor to He-Man. Thundar was pretty realistic looking. What is that? Thundar the Barbarian. Uh, I've heard of it. This talking lizard friend and the friend. there's the Ukla the Mock, the kind of Wookiee looking guy. Okay. Okay, fine. That's yeah. fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else for the 80s before we move on to the 90s? Um, oh, uh, uh, more sexually attractive characters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to need an example. Which Smurf are you talking about? I'm talking about He-Man. <laughs> Uh, don't sexualize He-Man. It's going to ruin it for me. Um, you know, so like, the, uh, yeah, even like, say, Justice League. 
you know, everyone was. Oh, uh, that's true. Was, you know, yeah. muscular. I do or, have a Wonder Woman fetish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, you're right. a nice figure, yeah. right? So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, 90s, here we go. I would say uh, lots of variation in style. Um, I would say some animation got slicker, but some went backwards and got more of a crude style. I'm not sure if you remember the MC Hammer, the MC Hammer <laughs> cartoon. No. That was like three frames per second. It was so jittery. It was just a very cheap style. Mm. But then also, yeah, there was like uh, really smooth and awesome stuff like Animaniacs. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, speaking of which, um, another thing about the '90s, cartoons began, I would say, appealing more to teens and above. True. Um, in addition to kids, you yeah. know. So um, again, with Animaniacs, because I remember in high school, everyone was watching Animaniacs, mm-hmm. um, Beavis and Butthead, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, D- Daria, um, plots and mission uh, characters and, and whatever. They had um, more of an edge, yeah, kind of an edge to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming of age type of thing. Like Mission Hill was kind of like that. Never um, heard of it. Yeah, you should watch it. It's awesome. No. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so those are the decades. That's, that's what made each of them special. Uh, now we're going to go into our top five. Our top five animations between the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll go back and forth. So you do one, I do one? Um, sure. Okay. Ladies first. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so my first one is um, called Luno, Luno, L-U-N-O, uh-huh. the white stallion. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> okay, so it, it was a Cherry Tunes television series in the, from the mid 1960s. So I might have just wa- been watching like reruns. reruns. Oh. Um, and I think it was maybe one of those cartoons that Checkers and Pogo was showing at some point. Okay, all right. It didn't. I didn't watch. I didn't get to see it a lot. So maybe you know, it was kind of short lived. Maybe. Anyway, it was a little boy named Tim, and he had a little figurine marble Pegasus horse in his room. Okay. Okay. And it was named Luno, and it would come alive and um, whisk him off to various adventures in far lands. And so he, when he says, oh winged horse of marble white, take me on a magic flight, the horse would come alive, get to be full um, uh, size, okay. and then take him off. It was pretty, pretty cool. That's a similar premise of shows going on now. My daughters will watch shows where it's it's a popular. A girl pattern. says a like a spell, and then she mm. hops into a book. Yeah. And then, yeah. All yeah. Of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably my top favorite, uh, GI Joe. Mm. It's actually GI Joe, a real American hero, mm-hmm. also known as Action Force in the UK, half-hour American animated television series created by Ron Friedman, based on the toy line from Hasbro. And the comic book series from Marvel Comics. The cartoon had its beginnings with two five-part miniseries in 1983 and 1984, then became a regular series that ran into syndication from 1985 to 1986, which also had uh, an amazing film. Um, And I know you don't want to talk about uh, animated films because that's kind of like a separate genre. But the the G.I. Joe uh, movie... It was like the first time an animated character died, so it was like a big deal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, almost died? How sad. Or was it Transformers? Oh, see? Oh. Look at you. No, but but Duke, <laughs> he's like, he actually got hurt. Like, he's like, he's, 
wounded, bleeding and stuff, which is a big deal in the G.I. Joe world because everyone knows that in G.I. Joe there's no bullets. It's just lasers for some reason. Mm. You weren't really all sure. tracers. Because <laughs> you weren't sure like what year it's all happening in, right? We're battling mm-hmm. Cobra. Yeah. So it looks kind of kind of modern for what the 80s were. And then all you see is bzz, 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 all mm-hmm. these lasers. Yeah. And when was this? Um, 83 to 84. Mm, I think I did watch a, a, a bunch of that. I liked it. It was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. Really good. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So my other one is um, the new Shmoo. <laughs> <laughs> you just went for just odd names. No. You really liked these. Yes. Okay. All right. Go and ahead. And this was also a very short-lived one. It was... Um, I wonder why. <laughs> shut up. It was from 79 to 80. It was a Hanna Bar- one of the Hanna-Barbera productions. Um, and uh, let's see. And actually, like you said, you know, um, you have a group and you have a, a central character and then they solve, they solve crimes and mysteries. Same kind of ah, thing. See? So he had like some teenagers. And Shmoo is, looks like it's like a big white amoeba. Sperm spermy kind of <laughs> character with a little bit of a mustache okay and i believe I, I didn't i didn't like check this on youtube or anything i believe he would say Shmoo! <laughs> and that's why he's called Shmoo. And, and his uh, gang is all teenagers yes you ever think that maybe they're just hallucinating well, and they're just chasing the I, white dragon i didn't around? see any doobies <laughs> or anything so i mean you know who knows um and then like at the end of each episode, there would be like a song, and then they would have the words on the bottom of the screen. And oh then, man! The, and then they the have a, sh- a little schmoo. Oh. He's the bouncing ball. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, this definitely sounds like you need to watch high. I mean, it was it was really cute. It was really cute. <laughs> okay, next. Uh, he Man and the Masters of the Universe. That is my next pick, an American animated television series produced by Filmation uh, based on the Mattel's toy line, Masters of the Universe. The show then referred to as simply He-Man. And uh, it was one of the most popular animated children's shows of the 80s. Still has a cult following. In fact, uh, in the beginning of Ghostbusters 2, um, they... uh, in the beginning of the film, the Ghostbusters are taking down a pig, right? They pretty much had to go out of business. And the only thing that they're doing now is birthday parties. And so they go to this kid's birthday party, and the kid's like, man, I thought we are going to have He-Man. Oh, and they're cultural like, they're like, No, it's going to be okay, kids. And then they play something in your bed. It don't look good. Who are you going to call? And then all the kids go, He-Man, He-Man. <laughs> okay. And by the way, if uh, you're a fan of He-Man, there's that new Netflix documentary, The Toys You Grew Up With or something like that. that uh, yeah. So they actually do a whole hour on He-Man. So mm-hmm. something you might want to watch. I used to, I used to watch He-Man also. Yeah? yeah because it was sexual. You're looking at their... Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> muscles, a lot of muscles. Although his hair... Eh. Oh, the bowl cut. Yeah, I mean, the page boy sort of, uh. Yeah, well, I like that better than the Dolph Lundgren virgin. Virgin? Virgin? <laughs> Is that a Freudian slip yeah. there? Because <laughs> when you watched it when you were a virgin? <laughs> or something True, like that? True, yeah, I did. I did a lot of stuff as a virgin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your next okay. Pick? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, are, on that, so are we moving that out day. of the 70s now, Jamie, or are you still... still? I don't know what 
I don't know what uh, order I had this in. Okay. And I forgot to put, shoot, I the forgot era. to put the year. No, that's fine. Okay, anyway, my next one is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Okay. And that had to be, I'm, I'm thinking late 70s. All right. Late 70s. And um, <laughs> it was more of the realist, sort of a realistic art illustrations. Yeah, the 70s had some of that for sure. Yeah. So, of course, and then it's the late 70s, so even more so. And then, uh, so when I looked this up, it said it was actually the most faithful of all screen-based adaptations of the Edgar Rice Burroughs novels of Tarzan. Wow, that's high praise because yeah. there's been a lot of and This is a damn cartoon. Of, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, Disney made one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, so like he had a little monkey called Nakima, <laughs> and then um, you know the names for the gorillas and the um, elephants. You know, yeah, you got um, oh the language that was Mangani, which was I guess from the the novels. So yeah, and uh, Tarzan, he had a nice body. Oh my gosh, and you're he such had, a perv. He had a, he had a um, really nice. Uh, low masculine voice also. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just loved it. <laughs> low, but he's not But he's not speaking in full sentences, right? No, no, no. He was actually quite uh, articulate. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why you like them too, because you're kind of a grammar nerd. So. Yeah, could be. Could be. All right. Uh, my next pick is uh, moving up to the 90s, Pirates of Dark Water. It was uh, an American fantasy animated television series produced by Hanna-Barbera and uh, created by David Kirshner. First aired in 1991. Uh, this one, I'll give you the premise, just because uh, I think I need a refresher on this one, too. Uh, the alien world of Mer is being devoured by an evil substance known as Dark Water. Only Ren, a young prince, can stop it by finding the lost 13 treasures of Rule. His loyal crew of misfits that help him on his journey are an... Ecomancer, which is Tula, a monkey bird, Nidler, and the treasure hungry pirate, Laz, or Eos? I don't know. I forget already. <laughs> the uh, evil pirate Lord Bloth will stop at nothing to get the treasures for himself and provides many obstacles for Ren and his crew. Um, I actually told you about this the other day and you looked it up. Yeah. So you want to yeah. give any impressions of what you, have you thought so of this I, one? So I um, looked at a, a short clip on uh, YouTube and uh, it looks like something I would like. Yeah, I think it would. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because it's... We're saying they kind of have the elvish faces, right? Yeah, yeah. kind of elvish. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just kind of appealed to me. And I, I wish I could, I could see like a whole episode. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to sit, sit for a whole episode or anything, but... You would. Maybe. You would. Maybe if I, if I, if I get sick again <laughs> or something. Okay, what's your, what's your next one? Next one, I'm going back again to the 60s, uh, it's called Milton the Monster. And it was um, originally 65 to 68, so I guess I was looking at, when I was watching it, I was watching repeats. Like, oh, you know. okay. Which could be uh, part of the Checkers and Pogo thing? Or? I think so. Okay. I think so. And basically it's about Milton the Monster. He's like a Frankenstein kind of character. Okay. Uh, he has a flat head and then, um, I guess you could put like coal and stuff in his head and he would steam, like just clouds of steam would come out of his head. Anyway. Solving mysteries? No? Not 
Really? Okay. So he was created by a mad scientist, and then um, when the scientist was making him, like putting together like chemicals and stuff like that, right? He was afraid that this monster he's creating was gonna attack him, like kill him. So uh-huh. he had this substance called tenderness, I think. Tenderness. Tenderness. Yeah. Okay. So he was gonna put like a drop, but then his assistant Count Cook nudged his elbow, and so he put a whole bunch of tenderness. <laughs> and so when Milton the monster came out, he was pretty kindly. He was kind and <laughs> nice and stuff like kind that. Kind of a, a sensi. Yeah, a sensitive female, uh, sensitive male, a sensi, right? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I just um, it was a cute, it was a cute cartoon. Not sexually attracted to him at all. Not at all. Okay. Wow. That's a first. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, initially known as Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles in some European countries, due to controversy at the time, because uh, I think ninjas were like assassins and that whole thing. Uh, retroactively known as TMNT 1987 or just TMNT 87 American animated television series produced by the studio Murakami Wolf Svensson and the French company IDDH the pilot was shown during the week of December 28 1987 in a syndication as five-part miniseries and a show began <clears throat> its official run October 1st 1988 since then, the show and franchise has become a worldwide phenomenon, and the series featured the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles characters created uh, in comic book from Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. The property was changed considerably from the darker-toned comic to make it more suitable for children and family. Um, and so that's why, uh, they were, yeah, their their characters—you know, the nerd, the party guy, the rude guy, the leader. You know, all mm-hmm. of that was really played up for the for the kids. Mm. But um, I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was pretty awesome. I I love it so much that even you still though like it. you still love it, I will still watch it. Mm-hmm. I've subjected my children to watching it, and I love it so much that. I will watch the newer ones that I don't like and just imagine the old, all of it being shown in the old version. Like sort of superimpose the old style. Yeah. With the, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. That's kind of weird. It's crazy weird. Love it. Um, don't you think there was a sort of a, at, at maybe, I, probably in the night, uh, 80s, there was a sort of a cartoon mo- movement with cartoons to be cool. Yeah. It sort of played up the desire to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. So I think the Mutant Ninja Turtles is sort of sort of one of those that kind of demonstrated that. Yeah. I can see that. That's my theory. So good good insight. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Alright, what's your is this your last one? Um I realize that I have six <laughs> cheater. I'm sorry. Jeez. I'll be fast. Okay. Thundercats, eighty five to eighty nine, that's the original. Uh-huh. There was a um, a more recent version of it in the like, 2011 or something like that. I can pretty much say I don't like any remakes of any of the cartoons that they've mm. tried to redo. Yeah. Yeah, even when I watch Thunder, the original Thundercats now, it's pretty good. I can, it holds me uh-huh. for that. But not movie. as good. I mean, you know, you don't have that wonder. You don't have that childlike wonder anymore. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Too bad. yeah. Um, Thundercats just came number one because I love cats. Right. Yeah. And number two, it's in, it's in that style where um, there's a lot of muscles. Sexual. Again. So, sorry. 
Who's the sexiest? Is it Lionel? Yeah. Or you are more of a panthro kind of gal? No, if anything, it would have been Tigra or Tigara or oh, the other guy. Oh, that guy. He's just kind of the straight man. Was his weapon? Did he throw like the bolos or something? Something like that. Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> Can I go my other one too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then um, gargoyles. I'm going into the 90s now. Oh, look at you. 94 to 97. So keep in mind, you're watching this cartoon and you're in college? Um, yeah. Okay. No, wait. I'm out of college. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, you know, I always have kept a, an appreciation of cartoons. Uh, up until now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. It just gets less and less as I get older. Sure, that's all. sure. So Gargoyles you, you was... You refine your taste. Yeah, yeah. So Gargoyles was like... It kind of blew my mind when I first saw it. Okay. Because the animation was awesome. Alright, yeah. Some muscles, but I mean, you know, not not as human muscles. Anyway. Um, wait, wait, were you sexually attracted to it then? Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the whole concept of gargoyles is, goes back to medieval times and history. Right. And stuff. Yeah. You run into like historical figures and stuff. So it was really some, awesome to me. Some gothic badassness to it. Yeah, gothic, gothic. And then, um, let's see. Yeah, so there's like medieval Scotland that was um, referenced. Um, there's romance, there's adventure, there's humor. Uh, and then the voice cast. I mean, very impressive. Very impressive. So we might know some of these. Oh, yeah. Of these names. All right. And I wrote some of them. Okay. Oh, did you take us and, through a few? And there was actually a lot of Star Trek um, actors. So uh, which, like, classic? Next generation, all, all, all. Oh my like gosh! Like here and there, here and there. Wow. So like, um, two of the main ones is uh, was Jonathan Frakes, um, Commander Riker. Yep, okay. and Marina Sirtis. Ah, the uh, counselor. Yes, Counselor Troy. Yes. Um, let's see. Some others, some of the others were like just like guests, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. But it, Michael Dorn. Um, uh, Worf. Worf. Okay. Kate Mulgrew, who was um, the captain in uh, Voyager. Michelle Nichols. And uh, Brent Spiner. Data. Yeah. And uh, who's uh, our doppelganger? <laughs> we have our, our boss, right? That's uh, a doppelganger of him. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Our big boss. Our big boss. Our, our big CEO boss. of our yeah, company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does kind of look like him. He he acknowledges it. Yeah. 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 Interesting. <laughs> Other um, notable uh, actors and, and voice talents, Ed Asner, yeah. James, James Belushi, Rocky Carroll, who is now in NCIS, Alan Cumming, Tim Curry, Sheena Easton, Richard Grieco, uh, John Rhys Davies, and um, there's like tons, tons more. Wow, yeah. okay. Very impressive. You kind of sold me on that one. Yeah. Uh, my last one, on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, <laughs> The Toxic Crusaders, an wow. animated series based on the Toxic Avenger films, if you're familiar with the trauma films or trauma mm -hmm. films. Um, it features Toxie, 
the lead character of the films, uh, leading a group of misfit superheroes who combat pollution. That's a clever name, Toxie. Toxie. Not really. <laughs> Not really. No, you got to remember, this is the 90s, so it, it followed a trend of em environmentally considered cartoons and comics of the time. Okay. Um, well, let's see, like, late 80s and 90s, so we're talking, like, uh, you know, like Captain Planet and the Planeteers, Swamp Thing. I used to Thing. watch that. What? Captain Planet. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. uh, we're the Planeteers. You can be one, too, because saving our planet is a thing to do. Wow. <laughs> I... I I don't remember the rest. I mean, oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, what? A, this is one of the ones where I really like the action figures too, because they're all glow in the dark, you know, because they're battling oh. radioactive kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a huge glow in the dark phase, uh, but yeah, Toxic <laughs> Crusaders, loved it. That is my top five. Now, so we did our top list. Now, to talk about some of our least favorite characters. It's not exactly a list, but just maybe just rattle off just a few of our least favorite Wait, characters I'm, in I'm cartoons. Gonna, I'm going to do a quick uh, honorable mention list. Oh, my gosh. Fearless Fly, Underdog, Looney Tunes, Scooby-Doo, Deputy Dog, Mighty Mouse, Johnny Quest, Justice League, and just and Super Friends, Schoolhouse Rock, and G.I. Joe. Oh, okay. Honorable. But they didn't, they made not your top five, no. but they're, uh, they're still near and dear to your heart. They are. Okay. <laughs> or were. They were. Okay, least favorite characters. Animated characters. Mm -hmm. um, I'll go first. Uh, Speed Buggy. So, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's so irritating. I was like, <laughs> it's almost like you're giving the guy a speech <laughs> impediment. I, I didn't like it. No, it wasn't for me. Why don't we, let, let's hear one from you. I only have one. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Snarf. Snarf. Okay. From Thundercats. Yeah. Snarf is on my list too. Uh, when I mention Snarf, I say, in my show notes, <laughs> I say Snarf, Orko, the Great Gazoo, and the rest of those comic relief characters. Like, yeah. I hate them all. I don't hate them all. It just it depends. Like, Gazoo, he was kind of funny. You like... You like the Great Gazoo because he's kind of a, a know-it-all. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of know-it-alls, right? <laughs> but really, it's these stupid comic dumb, relief dumb. characters. Yeah. Like, um, Hello, dum-dum. You can, I think you can blame these type of characters for the existence of Jar Jar. Yeah, in maybe. In the Star Wars films. Maybe. Yeah, we were, t we were thinking that there's like a... A name, a right? A name or for term that, for that type of for character. For these irritating sidekicks. Not, not the protagonist, not the antagonist, but no. a, a dumb-tagonist or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Snarf, he's just a pudgy, complaining, whining little alien cat. And his theme music is a tuba. Like whenever he came really? on, yeah, I was like, boom, 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 it was really dumb. And but then, because I'm a tuba player, I know it. Oh, okay. And then when, when I watched that uh, Pirates of Dark Water thing, right. they also had a sort of an irritating Yeah, so it was like some talking half sidekick. monkey bird thing. Yeah. Yeah. There must be a term for it. If you There's guys, if anyone knows of the term, please, I don't know. Let us know on Let Facebook. Let us know on Facebook, yeah. 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 Um, I got one more. Okay. Muttley. Remember Muttley? No, I can't even. Snickering. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, Dick Dastardly's canine sidekick, a mixed breed dog. He first appeared in Wacky Races, which is another, if I had an honorable mention, Wacky Races uh-huh. would be up there. Yeah. Uh, Dastardly and Muttley were paired together in, um, in various later Hanna-Barbera series, uh, like Yogi's Treasure Hunt as bumbling villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, like, I feel like uh, the situation doesn't warrant laughter, but he laughs anyway, and that irritates me. Doesn't he laugh when someone, some something um, befalls someone, something negative befalls someone? I guess so. But back then when I'm watching, I was like, that's not funny. Why is he laughing? I don't know. Irritated me. Okay. Mm, yeah. Okay, so those are our least favorite characters. Now, to our next feature, we're bringing back, we haven't done this since episode one. So let's go ahead and do this. It's talent or no talent. <laughs> Okay, up on the chopping block for talent or no talent, Shaggy. From Scooby-Doo. Yes, not the uh, entertainer. No. (laughs) (laughs) Shaggy. Raggy? It's more raggy? Right. Um, Let me just give some background before we debate on him. So, uh, Norville Shaggy Rogers is a fictional character in the Scooby-Doo franchise. He's a cowardly slacker and longtime best friend and owner of his equally cowardly Great Dane Scooby Doo. Like Scooby Doo, Shaggy is more interested in eating, in eating, than solving mysteries. He and Scooby are the only characters to appear in all iterations of the franchise, which is kind of impressive. Uh, Shaggy has a characteristic speech pattern marked by his frequent use of the filler word "like," and when startled, his exclamation of "zoinks." His nickname derives from the shaggy style of his sandy blonde hair. He also sports a rough goatee and uh, distinctive clothing consisting of a green v-neck t-shirt and brownish red bell-bottom pants, both of which fit loosely. In the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, an early made-for-TV movies, he wore a red v-neck and blue jeans. Crazy, huh? All right, so now... (laughs) <clears throat> is Shaggy a talented actor? <laughs> let's say. And wasn't let's say, he voiced by Casey Kasem? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's like two or three guys that uh, voiced oh. him, but yeah, uh, Casey Kasem start. He was the first voice of Shaggy, and mm. then he came back later to voice him mm. again. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So our whole thing here, which is hilarious, is that we're pretending that Shaggy is a real life actor, <laughs> and. <laughs> Based on his work with Scooby-Doo, we're going to mm-hmm. decide on whether or not he's talented. Yes. Could Shaggy go on and be in other series um, or films? The, the, uh, the perk here for uh, Shaggy, as far as I'm concerned, is that we're not talking about acting talent this time. So uh, he has a way better chance with me. <laughs> uh, okay, so okay. Shaggy. Talent. <laughs> You know, it all depends what kind of talent. But okay, you gotta hand it to him. Uh, with with Scooby, they devise very clever ways to eat more burgers or whatever they're eating. He has his right? priorities. He, he yeah. has schemes. They, they, yeah. they develop around schemes that. Yeah. of how to like bilk some burger. Um, burger joint owner out of more burgers you know for right. free kind of thing yeah you know and i have to give them props for that okay 
Is that talent, though? I think it is, because it, it takes brain power. You know, it takes, you know, you got to think about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, believe it or not, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, at first, I was going to say no talent, because mm -hmm. I thought his character is um, kind of one-dimensional, where, um, you know, as an actor, he'd be kind of pretty typecast, right? He'd be that stoner kind of guy, not really much depth. Until you take a look at the shenanigans. Yeah. And this, as you say, the schemes, you know, yeah. that he and Scooby-Doo would put on when, uh, well, the schemes that you were talking about is for them in order to eat, yeah. you know, and so, but mm -hmm. um, also when they would be, where they're being chased by the villain mm -hmm. and they'll put on like disguise, True. you know, disguises and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they'll come up with a quick, like a situation for the villain to walk into. All of a sudden it's a carnival game and they're carnival barkers or, you know, like, yes. or anything. Yes. And, and so, um, and they it, did it more than the other characters, right? Which they're, is why they, friends. yeah, which is why they were, they survived in all of the series. I think yeah. that's how they became essential. Yeah. And uh, as an actor, I mean, <laughs> that level of improv, I mean, just makes him incredibly talented. So. But they're not actors. They're actual. Let, let's let's talk about them as if they're really people. Exactly. So Shaggy. But in these real situations. Exactly. So okay. he's an incredible actor. The way that he could just go into all of these, all of these situations and roles, and then snap back to the, the hungry stoner, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I say Norville Shaggy Rogers, Norville. talent. Norville. <laughs> okay. Good for Shaggy. Good for Shaggy. All right, there we go. Talent or no talent, done. Now on to the snack review. Okay. All right, so. Our corker came back from, I don't know, she spent like five months in the Philippines. Uh, no, it was just one, one <laughs> month or three weeks or something like that. Let's give her a shout out though. Thank you, Lita. Lita. Okay, so, and she brought back a whole bunch of uh, snacks. So we, we grabbed a couple, and these are cookies basically, but they're made from um, like uh, sugar, flour, some other stuff, maybe like Rice Krispies, and then they pulverize it. Right. It. So it's all like a mixed powder, and then they press it together to make a cookie. And these ones in particular are called Goldilocks Pulveron. Goldilocks is a Philippine bake shop chain that manufactures and packages different flavors of pulveron. The Filipino word comes from the Spanish pulveron. Uh, Goldilocks calls it shortbread cookies. Uh, a pulveron, from polvo, the Spanish word for powder or dust, quebuano uh, or pulveron, tag, uh, Tagalog, pulveron, oh, is, a, <laughs> is a type of heavy, soft, and very crumbly Spanish shortbread made of flour, sugar, milk, and nuts, especially almonds. Okay, so, so I, I grabbed the... Um, do you have a nut the, allergy? No. Okay, just making sure. You always have to ask these days. Okay. So we got two different flavors, right? I grabbed the coffee for you. Okay. And I get the cashew flavor. All right, let me take a picture of this for Instagram. Well, I took a picture. Oh, you already did? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Look at you. Um, okay, so we've got our Goldilocks. Uh, what is the brown one? Coffee. Coffee, and the blue one is? Cashews. Cashews, okay. Um, so we're just doing one each? Are we breaking them? No, no, you, you, you eat yours and I eat mine. Okay. <laughs> I don't lick it and then give you your... No. Okay, cheers. Gross. Mmm. 
Oh my gosh, it just crumbles right in your mouth. Mm. It melts in your mouth. Mm -hmm. This is so good. I want coffee with this. Or wine, even. What would you pair this with? Milk, maybe. Milk, glass mm -hmm. of milk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see that? Eggnog? No. <laughs> Gross. Mm. Man, the... I mean, I can taste the... The nuts and the almonds, like I know they're in there, but it's it's chopped up so fine. Yeah, it's so subtle. It kind of takes over your mouth. It does until you swallow. Begin to swallow. That's what snacks should do. They should let you know you're there. Mm. You're not gonna eat a whole lot of them, so you're just gonna take a little bit. So it maybe should be overwhelming. I, maybe because I shoved the whole thing in my mouth. Yeah, you did. Mm. Um, it's fantastic. I, I like think, it though. I like uh, the portion size too. Mm. You'll be able to fit mm -hmm. the whole thing. Um, I, I would say some people might take one bite of it, but mm -hmm. I mean, if you're the type of person that doesn't like crumbs, like Jamie, <laughs> you don't want to be taking a bite of this because it's going to be crumbs everywhere. Now, Jamie, be realistic. If you took a bunch of these home, uh, you wouldn't let your husband take like a bite. He would have to put the whole thing in his mouth, right? Oh, yeah. Because he's a, he's a crummy guy. He's a... <laughs> no, he makes a lot of crumbs. Awesome guy. But he makes a, a lot crumb of crumbs. Factory, a crumb factory. A crumb factory, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say a crumb magnet, because that would be different. True. Yeah. True. Man, okay. And there's more, um, there's other uh, flavors yeah, of, of these. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, just, we just took two. Yeah. And there's just, uh, there's so many awesome snacks from the Philippines. Yep. There's the tamarind candy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I ate solo. No one else joined me for that yeah. party, but I enjoyed it. What do we compare? If someone wanted to compare this to uh, a snack that we have in this country. Wow. Because um, as far as shortbread cookies, I think the, the one that Hawaii is famous for is the Big Island Candies, where it's like chocolate dipped right in one corner or something. But it's, it's so different from no, this. No, isn't it more like the almond cookie like you get at the Chinese restaurants? Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So again, we're, we're leaving the country again. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was, well, I was leaving the country, but uh, okay. Yeah, I don't, uh, there's nothing like it. Yeah, because it's just so soft. I mean, taste-wise, it is similar to your average shortbread cookie, but just the te texture. texture-wise. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Um, I would say make a friend with someone from the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> and just have them bring bring you back some of this gold, um, but you know we'll, we'll try to find. I think there's some websites that, that might sell this, so we'll go ahead and post that on our Facebook page yeah. too, in case you're interested. We gotta rate this thing, um, oh. man. I'll give it nine out of ten Mabu highs. Oh, okay. Um, I will give it uh, two out of three grains of gold. I don't okay. know what that means, but that there and these grains are as <laughs> fine as the powder in which yeah. make these Goldilocks things. <laughs> All right, six more episodes for this first season of the podcast. Six episodes left. Mm. Having fun. Uh, let's just say thanks again to Buns Podcast or Buns Podcast Network. I should yeah, say. Yeah, thanks, Buns. Yeah, really cool for them to uh, have us in their Ohana and uh, Yay Canada. Be sure uh, to like and subscribe to the Opposite Tastes podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Facebook. We want to know 
who's listening, and uh, we just want your opinions, really. Uh, so reach out to us on Facebook, Opposite Tastes Podcast. So that's plural of tastes, taste, yeah. tastes. Yeah, tastes. Opposite Tastes Podcast, all together, right after that Facebook thing, and you will find us. Or just type it in, like regular words, and you should see our logo come up. It's like a crazy bag of chips, yep. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's about it. Thanks so much for listening. It's been a hoot. Long live uh, the age of Saturday morning cartoons. Peace. Peace.